Well, today, we are wrapping up our sermon series entitled No Outsiders, where we have considered how God calls the church to live and to be in the world. We have talked about the marks of Christians as ones who are called to love and to serve and to tell of the good news of Jesus to others. And today we are going to talk about what it means that God has called us who follow Jesus to be a generous people. So to start, I want to read Jesus' words found in the sixth chapter of Luke. We're going to be in verses 27 through 36 if you want to follow along in your Bibles. And just a little context before we start. Luke is one of the four Gospels that tell of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The author of the book of Luke um, is attributed to Luke, who is most likely a doctor, and he is also attributed with writing the book of Acts. Luke starts off with the story of the birth of Jesus that we are very familiar with at Christmas time, and then he tells of, of Jesus' baptism and his temptation in the desert, Jesus calling his first disciples and followers. And then the words that we read this morning are in red letter. They're red letter words, which means that they were said by Jesus himself and are part of this early teaching that's recorded in Luke. So would you stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel this morning? Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who listen, there's something here about listening. I say to you who listen. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. You may be seated. Wow, Jesus really doesn't hold back here, does he? This morning, I want us to try to unpack these verses and think about how they lead us into a life of generosity, because these words are instructive to us on how Jesus calls us to live and be in the world. So for many years, I have been the missions and outreach pastor here at Lover's Lane and have had the opportunity to travel to many places around the world on mission trips. And about this time, three years ago, I found myself in Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of Congo with a group called African Leadership and Reconciling Ministries, or they called it ALARM for short. And I was so excited to go to Rwanda. I remember when I was a teenager in 1994, hearing of the genocide that was happening in Rwanda and being so horrified by it. I wanted to go and I wanted to learn what God would teach me about reconciliation and redemption and restoration 
I wanted to be an outward expression of God's love to the people who we came across. And I wanted to experience the country that I had heard about for so long. And I was completely blown away by the country of Rwanda. The actual countryside, it's luscious and green and tropical. And there are these gorgeous mountains everywhere and there's flowers everywhere and it's just absolutely beautiful. We stayed on a coffee plantation on Lake Kivu and taught Bible studies and interacted with the children there. And it was just this overwhelmingly beautiful experience. The people were hospitable and welcoming, filled with love for God and love for us. And the country actually has a really young population as most, many, if not most, of their elders were slaughtered just 25 years ago. But the country has rebuilt itself, and it, it was beautiful how, to see how God has worked to bring recovery from such tragedy. Oh, and then we spent a couple of days in the Democratic Republic of Cong Congo, or the DRC. This was kind of an afterthought for me. I, I, I noticed that it was on our agenda, but um, honestly, I wasn't super excited to go there. I didn't have any ties or connections to the Congo. Well, we crossed the Rwandan border into eastern Congo, and we stayed in this little city called Goma. And as we were preparing for this, we were told that East Congo, and, and particularly Goma, is known as the rape capital of the world. It's a dangerous place. And there was something weird for me about crossing from the luscious beauty of Rwanda into Goma, because Goma experienced this volcano in the early 2000s, and it left the city literally covered with volcanic ash, literal ashes still to this day. There was what felt like this spiritual darkness in the place, and then this literal darkness because of the volcano, and it felt really suppressive. It felt really heavy to me, if that makes sense. So one of our tasks while we were in Goma was to visit this orphanage and to teach a lesson about the love of Jesus, and I was asked to lead this part of the trip, which I was really excited about. Now, when I think of the word orphanage, I think of a clean building with beds and toys and adults who are there for the children and education for kids who don't have parents. But this really wasn't what we experienced in Goma. We pulled up to an old refugee camp with tents everywhere, barbed wire everywhere, and we're shown this teeny, teeny, tiny little building and that's where they said, this is where the girls sleep. And there are about 10 bunk beds for 50 plus girls. And then a little bit of a bigger building where the boys slept, which was the same dire situation, not enough room for everyone. And the ground outside, like I said, it was black. It was just covered with this volcanic rock. So we gathered all the children together of all ages, little bitty through um, teenagers. And we're in this open area outside, and everybody's standing around because there's no tables or chairs to sit on. And I began to teach this lesson about the love of Jesus. And we do this little craft on many of our mission trips where we make this little bracelet, and it has different colored beads on the bracelet, each that represents something about God. We start with a yellow bead. Yellow represents our God who is so good, who has created the world and us and everything in it and, and who loves us so much. Yellow represents for us the kingdom of God that we experience on earth and that we won't fully realize until we are in heaven. And then we pass out a dark colored bead 
and we talk about sin. We teach the children that sin is anything that willingly or unwillingly separates us from God. And we need help. We need help to be reconciled to God. And then we pass out this little red bead. And the red bead represents the blood of Jesus. Represents Jesus Christ. Jesus, who was God and who wrapped himself in flesh, coming to us incarnate, fully human, fully divine. Jesus came to earth to teach us and to love us and ultimately to die on the cross for us. Jesus showed us his great love in this, that he died while we were yet sinners. But the cross could not contain him, and Jesus was resurrected from the dead, restoring our relationship with God and demonstrating his great good love for us sinners and all. Then we go on with other beads, white to show that God has washed us clean like snow. And I love teaching um, people in Africa and in Haiti and other places around the world what snow is when they've never experienced it. Blue for baptism and green for the ways that we grow in Christ. So this little craft, it's really overly simple. But what it does on our mission trips is it, it communicates the gospel to these children in a way that they can understand. And it gives them a tangible expression of God's love that they can wear on their wrist. So here I am standing in what I consider to be the darkness of Goma, Congo. And my heart is breaking for the plight of these children. And here comes this little child, little bitty child up to me and and he hands me his bracelet and he says, this is for you. And tried to tie his bracelet around my own wrist. This little child knew and understood the love of Jesus Christ so much that he wanted to give it away. He wanted to give it away. He wanted to bless someone else. This little child with literally nothing, not enough food, not enough water, no clean clothes, no education, very little adult attention, not even a decent place to lay his head, showed me what the generosity of Jesus looks like. Can you think of a time when you have experienced the generosity of Christ, perhaps through someone else in your own life? I believe those moments are there if we know how to look for them. When I think of the generosity of God, it all goes back to the cross. It all goes back to the red bead on the bracelet. Jesus came to earth to die so that we might have life. Jesus, out of his generous love, gave himself to us. To us who are sinners, who are so unworthy, who are so undeserving. Jesus offers this radical love to each and every one of us. This is generous love. Jesus shows us how to live and to love, and then he reconciles us to God with his very own life. This is generosity. I believe this is what Jesus was teaching us that we just read about in Luke chapter 6. It, it just doesn't make much sense to me that Jesus would love us so much, but he does. However, it's not super rational, it's not very logical, but it's true. It's the truth. When we know and we claim this love of God in our lives, we start this journey of sanctification where we are learning to become more and more and more like Jesus in the way that we love God and the way that we love our neighbor. So how do we define generosity? I think we can define it this way. 
Generosity is a lifestyle in which we share all that we have, all that we are, all that we will ever become as a demonstration of God's love and a response to God's grace in our lives. Generosity is a lifestyle that we choose where we recognize that all that we have, all that we are, and all that we ever will be is a demonstration of God's love and a response to God's grace in our lives. When we know this generous love of God, we can't help but respond with generosity ourselves. And you know, generosity doesn't necessarily make sense. It's not super rational or logical, but it's true. It's how we demonstrate the love of God. So let's look back at Jesus' words in in Luke chapter 6. Jesus gives us directives for those of us who follow him, and, and really they're not especially logical to me. Verse 27, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. This is generous love. Jesus modeled this as he offered forgiveness to those who crucified them. Who in your life can you classify as an enemy or even somebody who you just don't really like? How do you offer generosity to even that person? And then verse 28, Jesus says, If someone needs your coat, give him your shirt too. This is generosity. If you can meet a need, do it. And don't do it for your benefit, but do it as a response to God's love and God's grace in your own life. Who under your influence has a need that you can meet? And then verse 31, this is the golden rule that we teach our children. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, we live in this society that uplifts vengeance, that says you should get what you deserve. But treating people the way that you want to be treated, treating people even better than you are treated, even when they really don't deserve it, this is what generosity looks like. This is what Jesus modeled when he stopped to spend time with the blind and the lame, when he called the children to his lap, when he rebuked the crowd for wanting to cast stones at a prostitute. When we talk about generosity, we're talking about responding to God's grace and God's love in our own lives. And this comes in many ways. It comes through our forgiveness. It comes through our love. It comes in what and how we give of our time and our money and our resources and our gifts. We choose this lifestyle that is radical in the eyes of the world. And you know, we live in this country and this culture that, that says you have to make a way on your own. You need to hold on to all that you have. Don't trust anyone. But Jesus models this irrational, not logical generosity for us in giving of himself. All that he is, all that he was, all that he ever will be, Jesus gave for the benefit of others. Jesus goes on to say, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. How true is this? How easy it is to love people who are like us, who have the same mindset as us, who have similar life experiences we do. But it's a whole other thing to love someone who is not like us or who perhaps doesn't even like us and we don't like them. 
but loving them is a response that can only come out of knowing the radical and generous love and grace of God that God has shown to us through Jesus. That response can only come when we recognize that all that we are, all that we have, all that we ever will be is a gift from God. And we respond to that gift with a generous offering of love. Jesus tells us, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting anything in return. Do you have time and resources because it looks good on your resume? Do you give your money because you can write it off when tax season comes around? Do you give because you have some extra stuff that's really taken up room in your garage and you need to get rid of it? Or are you generous because Jesus has taught us about generosity with his own life? Jesus has defined generosity for us as a lifestyle in which we share all that we have, all that we are, all that we will ever become as a demonstration of God's love and a response to God's grace. You see, I think generosity is what God wants for us, not what God wants or needs from us. Generosity is what God wants for our lives, not what God wants or needs from us. God is God, right? God can accomplish anything that God wants to accomplish on this earth and in heaven. God is God. But God loves us so much that he wants us to know and to so deeply understand this generous love of Jesus that he sent Jesus to die for us so that we might have life. God poured out God's self with this radical, radical generosity, this radical love. And I believe God desires nothing more for us than to know and understand this love and then to respond. And when we do, this love becomes a part of who we are, and we can't help but respond with generosity. We can't help but want to become more like God. We can't help but want to be generous with our lives and with our love. So a couple of weeks ago, I was having dinner with some pastors I am in a group with, and one of my friends was sharing about a pilgrimage that she took to the Holy Land with 11 other women. And as they were driving through the desert to their next stop, they could see these tents of Bedouins up on, on the hillside there in the desert. And Bedouins are nomadic people who live in the Middle East. The driver just pulls a van over and jumps out and leaves all these women in the van and goes to talk to this guy who is in one of these Bedouin tents. And when he finally comes back to the van, he tells the group that this man is his friend. And his friend has invited them to come to his tent for some refreshments and some fellowship. So all these ladies walk up the little hill, through the sand, pile into this little tent, and they're served tea and biscuits and welcomed with this hospitality and love. Like what we read about in Genesis when Abraham welcomes a stranger into his own tent. And the Bedouin man, he starts this kind of rhythmic chanting, this rhythmic chanting of blessing over these women, over his new friends all the way from the United States. And he has this kind of like sword or dagger thing that he's holding up, and he passes it from woman to woman to woman as he's chanting rhythmically these words. And he, and he was saying things like this. I will provide my food for you. I will make sure you have water. I will make sure that you are safe and secure. 
I will welcome you to my home. And then he said this, he said, I will give my life for you. I will give my life for you. My friend said she sat there listening to this Bedouin man, most, most likely a Muslim, offer such generous love to people who he didn't even know. Love that is so generous, it even says, I will give my life for you. I will give myself for you. This is the kind of generosity that I believe Jesus wants us to know. This is the kind of generosity that Jesus gives to us himself. This is the kind of generosity that can spring out of us as a response to knowing God's love and grace in our lives. Jesus says, generosity is what I want for you, not what I need from you. I want for you to give of your time and your money and your resources, maybe even your own life for the sake of somebody else. I want for you to offer love to your enemies. I want for you to pray for those who mistreat you. I want for you to give not only your coat, but to give your shirt too. I want for you to give not expecting anything in return. I want for you to trust God enough to let go of what we claim to be ours, knowing that all we have is a gift from God. So this morning, I'd like us to consider how is God calling you to a life of generosity? How do you respond to God's grace and God's love in your life? Imagine how your family might be different if you offered the generosity of Jesus to them. Imagine what our church, what Lover's Lane would look like if we offered the generosity of Jesus to those who sit right next to us, those amongst us who are in need, those amongst us who we don't even like. Imagine with me, what would this city look like if we offered the generosity of Jesus to the stranger, to the enemy, to the one who's different from us? How would this world be different if we all lived God's generosity as a response to knowing the love and grace that God has for us? You know what I think it would look like? I think it would be a reflection of the kingdom of God right here on earth. And we've seen glimpses of it, haven't we? I think it would look like an Acts chapter 2 world. Acts chapter 2 gives us this image of generosity that's so beautiful. All of the people were together, these early Christians in the early church. They devoted themselves to Jesus' teachings, just like the ones we read this morning. They devoted themselves to being together in fellowship and to breaking bread together. And they held everything in common. And they gave to anyone as they had need. No one was left out. There were no outsiders. Everyone experienced this radical generosity, and with it came a glimpse of the kingdom of God right here on earth. So I told you of my experience in Goma, Congo. The generosity of that little child completely changed my understanding of who God is and how God loves us. What I saw is this dark place, both literally through the volcanic ash and, and spiritually through the sin of the place. Jesus showed me through this child that that generosity is a response to God's love and grace. It's knowing God's love and grace and wanting to give it away. When we respond in generosity, we come alongside of the Lord to bring light to the darkest places. 
The generosity of Jesus who gave his life for the sake of the world brought light into the darkness. So as we drove away from this little orphanage, I found myself sitting in the back of an SUV and I had my hat on, my sunglasses on, and I I remember I physically turned my body away from my fellow travelers because I was just crying, just tears streaming down my face, processing the goodness, the goodness of our Lord, even in dark places. And as we drove, I started seeing less and less of the volcanic ash, and I started noticing that there were these gorgeous sunflowers that were springing up through the ashes. Because God always brings light to darkness. So this morning, if you are in a place of darkness, may you know the generous love that Jesus has for you, even you. May you know the grace of Jesus for you, and may it bring light to your life. May we all know this grace and love of Jesus, and may we respond with generosity, sharing all that we have, all that we are, all that we ever will be, as a demonstration to the world of God's love and God's grace. May we walk out of the doors this morning to bring a generous light, a generous love to a world that needs it. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, here we are. We offer ourselves to you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.